chop off his head and mail it to them in a garbage bag. This is Takedown Notice on Radio Note, and I am your host, Giuseppe. How you doing? Um, we started that set off with Crucifix and Devo. The Crucifix track is Hinkley Had a Vision. Um, was Hinkley the guy who, start, who tried to shoot Reagan? That sounds right. I should do my research, but um, those guys, Crucifix, are from uh, Michigan. They started in the early, very early 80s, and uh, were on Jello Biafra's label, Alternative Tentacles, and um, 
at some point, I know Steve Shelley was in the band. I don't. They only have a couple of records, so I assume that he's on that track. Um, but uh, you know, Steve Shelley obviously went on to be in Sonic Youth. And um, what's the main guy's name? Doc Doc Corbin Dart, I think maybe. Uh, he's an interesting character, and uh, I think in the, maybe the early 2000s he started to be officially known as his moniker 26, which I think he's released a couple of solo records under, and is like, thinks he's the messiah, and, and, and um, uh, has renounced profanity, including the name of his former band. So, um, yeah, he's, he's interesting. They're, they're from Michigan, and I think he's still, still there. Maybe he even, I think he ran for the mayor? Governor, mayor of Detroit, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, he's an interesting character. That's the Crucifix. Um, and then Devo, who are one of my favorites. I may have even already played some Devo uh, in one of the uh, previous uh, broadcasts. But um, yeah, what 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 do you need to say about Devo? Uh, they started in '72, '71 maybe. Um, they're from Ohio. Uh, that tracks off Duty Now for the Future, which is their, their second record, um, which is definitely my favorite record. That and the New Traditionalists uh, are my top Devo records. And um, I scored a Are We Not Men, We Are Devo record on tour once when we're in this little record store outside of Boston. And uh, it's beautiful, like, gray marble vinyl. Um, and it has the two original posters in it. And being the cheapskate that I am, especially on tour, I tried to talk the guy down from, from 15 bucks, and he told me to get the fuck out of his store. And I was like, oh, sorry, dude, sorry. And just gave him the 15 bucks and then got the hell out of his store. But anyway, um, yeah, Devo, what's next? Maria, most beautiful sound I ever heard. Maria! Beautiful 
sound I ever heard. Tonight I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. And the world turning inside out And floating around in ecstasy This is Take Down Notice on Radio Nope, and I am your host, Giuseppe. In that last set, we had Schlong and the Vandals. And uh, Schlong, is a, they're an interesting band if, you wanna, if you're trying to Google anything about them. Um, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend doing that at work. Um, I used to see Schlong play in... Uh, Boise. They, they, I seem to remember seeing them a few times. They were incredible. Um, the drummer, uh, I don't remember his name, is from Operation Ivy. And um, uh, he looked like Screech from Saved by the Bell and was just like a super animated, awesome drummer. 
and they were all pretty great performers, very animated, and their music was, you know, like, it, it would bounce between, you know, country to punk to to uh, uh, jazz or something. Just, they were all over the map. It was amazing. And, like, in, in every song, too, like, they would bounce between not just, like, each song was different, but each song contained different genres so they were amazing to watch and uh one of my favorite th their first record is um uh punk side story which is a as you can imagine a, a a remake of the west side story but punk rock and drunk and all that stuff and um but my favorite is their tumors record which is them doing uh, a cover of the rumors album by fleetwood mac i think they did it all on a seven inch if i remember correctly redid the the cover art and everything it's amazing uh if you can i think i think you can find that on youtube like you know people posting it up there but otherwise a lot of their stuff's pretty hard to find but they're amazing i love them uh and then uh the vandals were after that with a song called um uh don't stop me now and i don't know too much about the vandals um i know that they're from uh, the LA area, Huntington Beach. Started out in the very early 80s, maybe even 1980. We're playing in uh, the scene with like Black Flag and TSOL and, and, and all that shit. And they, they've been around for a long time. But um, my, I, was, I, I put a band together to do a cover set of The Misfits for Halloween. And two of my bandmates were singing a song together and, I was like, what, what the hell is that? That sounds like something I would like. And they said the Vandals, so I checked it out, and uh, I do like them. They're great. Anyway, uh, what's next? Oh, the rich people want what the poor people's got. And the poor people want what the rich people's got And the skinny people want what the fat people's got And the fat people want what the skinny people's got You can never please anybody in this world The short people want what the tall people's got the tall people want what the short people's got. The little kids want what the big kids got. And the big kids want what the little kids got. You can never please anybody in this world. Oh, the girls with short hair want long hair. And the girls with long hair want short hair. Oh, the boys with cars want motorcycles. And the boys with motorcycles want cars. You can never please anybody in this world. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say. There will always be one who wants things the opposite way It doesn't matter where you go It doesn't matter who you see There will always be someone who disagrees 
is Takedown Notice. I am your host, Joe Seppi, coming at you live from uh, the streets of New York City. Well, not really live, but whatever. Uh, we're on Radio Nope, and those two tracks were uh, The Shags and Wesley Willis. Um, so let's see, ha- have you heard about The Shags? Um, they are a very interesting band, to say the least. Um, it is three sisters who were uh, apparently her, their, um, <clears throat> sorry, their, their dad, the three sisters' dad, um, his mother, when he was young, this is crazy, I just, I was just reading about this, I kind of like knew some of the story, but I was reading about uh, uh, it more, in more depth uh, recently, and <clears throat> apparently the dad, his mother had a palm reading when he was young. And there were a couple of things that, that came out of the palm reading. Something about uh, marrying a, a 
blonde or strawberry blonde or something. And I, I don't remember what the other one was. But the third one was that his children, his daughters, would uh, become famous. I don't know if it was particularly in music or what exactly, but um, when the other two things be- uh, came true, when he was older, um, and he had three daughters, he took them out of school and um, basically uh, uh, had them take lessons and start a band. This is in uh, New Hampshire, I think, in the late 60s. And they were terrible. And in a, in a uh, yeah, I don't even know what, what, what to say about that. They were just, they were, you know, uh, in conventional terms, really bad. Um, you know, the, the guitar and the vocals had some harmony to it, but in general, everybody, uh, you know, were not in sync, and, and just things were poorly executed, and apparently they would, like, stop mid-show or recording and be like, oh, I made a mistake, but the engineer was like, what What are you talking about? <laughs> this is all a mistake. Uh, but, but um, so they're kind of fascinating, and... Um, I, they, they, they like slowly garnered more and more attention over the years. I think kind of maybe the first real uh, uh, um, big fan that, that got them more attention was Frank Zappa, who was playing some of their tracks on um, uh, Dr. Demento in the 70s, early 70s, mid-70s. And, um, and then later, uh, one of the guys from NRBQ put together a show, if I'm remembering this correctly, in, um, in, in New York City, maybe Brooklyn even. Um, <clears throat> and that was the first time they had played anywhere outside of the New England area, perhaps even New, New Hampshire, and the first time in like 30 years. Um, and that was, uh, was it the 90s or 2000s? I can't remember. Um, I, I'm pretty sure the uh, drummer died not too long ago. I can't remember, don't quote me on that. But uh, the singer and guitar player Dot, not too long ago, released a record um, called the Dot Wigan Band, and I think that uh, there are some reworks of Shag's songs on there, um, which is really interesting. I need to, to, to follow up on that. <clears throat> um, so yeah, the, sh- the Shags are amazing. Perhaps amazingly bad, but but there's like such a, a endearing quality to them. Um, and their story is just incredible. I th- in fact, I think there have been some documentaries and, and other, um, uh, uh, um, you know, mediums, formats that, that have talked about their, their story and their work and everything. And then who was after that? Uh, Wesley Willis. And Wesley's interesting. <clears throat> uh, unfortunately, Wesley died in 03 uh, when he was 40. Um, but he made a lot of music, uh, primarily with his um, Casio-type keyboard that had all these pre-programmed things and um, was definitely a fixture on the Chicago scene. Uh, I used to see him pretty regularly, and we, we used to headbutt. He, he had a, um, a, like a black spot on his forehead because that's how he would greet everyone was with a headbutt. I always requested a gentle one, um, but... Uh, he is a really interesting character. He was diagnosed with schizophrenia, I think, early in his life, and uh, battled demons, um, you know, kind of quite literally in a sense, and uh, created this amazing outsider music. Um, 
that uh, I, I, I think we're kind of getting a bit of an alternative tentacles theme here because he's got some music on um, Jello's label as well. Um, yeah, what else can I tell you about Wesley? Um, I don't know. Well, I guess let's move on. What's next? starting to get very depressed so I went to the Kiev and ate breakfast then as I walked down 2nd Avenue towards St. Mark's place where all those people sell used books and other junk on the street I saw my penis lying on a blanket next to a broken toaster oven some guy was selling it I had to buy it off him he wanted 22 bucks but I talked him down to 17 I took it home washed it off and put it back on. I was happy again, complete. People sometimes tell me I should get it permanently attached, but I don't know. Even though sometimes it's a pain in the ass, I like having a detachable penis.
everybody, you're listening to Takedown Notice. I am your host, Giuseppe, and we are on Radio Nope. Thanks for listening. Um, in that set, we had King Missile with Detachable Penis and Butthole Surfers, Pittsburgh to Lebanon. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, King Missile uh, was led by uh, this, this poet, uh, John S. Hall from, from New York City, who started out in, in like the mid 80s and uh was doing like open mic poetry things i think and realized that you know, doing like a 20 minute spoken word thing might not be everybody's deal so he put a band together and started king missile and uh i think most of their records were recorded by kramer and the first few were put out on shimmy disc and eventually uh they um got uh, signed to Atlantic, was it? Yes. Um, and I think that this was their, uh, this was their big hit that uh, uh, was on their second Atlantic record. And I think it was <clears throat> such a big hit that they were kind of annoyed by it and would like play it first in their set so that people who only knew that song could go and leave and go home and, and, um, and I think I think it was a successful uh, approach for them. Anyway, uh, King Missile. And after that was Butthole Surfers, who started in 81 with uh, Gibby and, and um, Paul Leary and uh, King Coffee on drums. Who else was in that band? Um, I think Jeff Pincus played with them for a bit, too, who's done a number of different things. Anyway, um, they're from Texas. They're from San Antonio. And uh, I'm not sure what to say about Butthole. If, if you don't know about Butthole Surfers, just uh, spend some time with them. They're, they're, they're known for being pretty out there. Um, excessive, perhaps, with their drug use. And it comes through in their music and, um, and their performance, I guess, as much as well. And, um, you know... What can I say about Butthole? Well, what's interesting, what's kind of funny for me is that I saw a t-shirt in a Spencer's Gifts when I was maybe 15 or something. And it had, I believe it was four um, monkeys on a surfboard. And each one of them had their hands uh, seemingly up the ass of the one in front of them. They're all in the line on the surfboard. And I was like, what, what, what the hell is this? And uh, I didn't know what it was, and I just kind of went about my life, and shortly thereafter was introduced to Butthole Surfers, and then, like, made the connection, um, and looked back on, on seeing that t-shirt fondly, obviously. And um, I used to work at a radio station upstate, um, and I would set up for live broadcasts, uh, typically at bars or whatnot, but sometimes would be backstage at, at shows, um, particularly at, at SPAC, the Saratoga Performing Arts Center. And the first Lollapalooza came through, and the DJ, who was a super nice guy, um, said, you know, hey, I know how to break this gear down, so why don't you uh, take off and go enjoy the show, and I'll, I'll pack up. And I said, cool. And I went out and saw Lollapalooza. It was awesome. Um, uh, one side note was that Five minutes after I had left, Henry Rollins came up for a uh, an interview, so I missed meeting Henry Rollins, um, which I regret. But um, uh, 
I was poking around SPAC and uh, was definitely on drugs and was kind of spaced out just enjoying the music and the people and what was going on and then all of a sudden heard shotgun blasts which of course shocked me into reality and I looked over and up on stage was Gibby Haynes with the shotgun blasting it off um, uh, uh, in, into uh, into kind of the air. I mean, it's it's a the, the Saratoga Performing Arts Center is like an amphitheater, so he was just kind of shooting it out. I assume it was blanks, but you know, it was it was uh, quite shocking, but great show. Anyway, what's next? I'm sad because my goat just died today. I'm sad, my goat just fell in the hay, hey, we're all sad, the goat just died today, oh, 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 we're sad enough to cry, hi, 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 I'm sad, the goat just died tonight. Well, sad, his funeral will be out of sight. We're so sad, but in a way we're happy he didn't suffer too much. He only got the cramps once. Sad, oh, the piece of poop wouldn't come out of his belly. Sad. We had to call Doc Nelly, we're sad. Mister, would you please hold my pony? He's over there behind the tree. He's down in the dirt, would you help him?
everybody. This is Takedown Notice on Radio Nope. I'm your host, Giuseppe. You may notice that it is a little bit quieter at this very moment. That's because I transported myself home to my nice, peaceful living room. There are no cars driving by or crazy people uh, talking next to me. Um, But that aside, that last set included The Frogs and Ween. The Frogs track was I'm Sad the Goat Just Died Today. And... um, I'm I'm I've spent most of my time with more of like the full band frogs and not the 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 I don't know if that's one of the improv tape frogs uh tracks but um like Star Job and stuff I, I think I have that uh on colored vinyl and like that's a little bit more my frogs area but I wanted to play this song because I thought it went really well with that with the Ween track uh Mr. Won't You Please Help My Pony um but the Frogs are from Milwaukee. They started in uh, the early 80s, maybe, maybe even 1980. Um, a couple of brothers, Jimmy and, and Dennis Flemion, I'm, I'm guessing. Maybe they're French. I don't know. Um, they're a pretty interesting band. They have a, a pretty storied history. Um, apparently, a tape uh, made its way to uh, uh, Gerard Cosloy of... Uh, Homestead Records, perhaps through Steve Albini, and um, and Homestead released "It's Only Right and Natural" with their uh, with the uh, um, which is their over the top homoerotic second album, um, and and Homestead uh, uh, accordingly announced that the Frogs were leaders in a new gay supremacy movement. And, uh, and, uh, you know, people kind of picked up that, that, that pronouncement, if you will, and, uh, ran with it. Um, yeah. And so, and then Ween, I don't even know what to say about Ween, uh, Dean and Gene Ween. I, I think that they were, things were a little acrimonious the last few years. I think maybe there was some trouble with drugs and alcohol, if I remember correctly, but, I just looked a second ago, and apparently they are reuniting for two shows in Colorado. Uh, it was announced two days ago, so that's um, uh, you know, interesting. That's that's uh, I just looked, and sure enough, there's there's something going on there. Anyway, so yeah, that's the frogs and Ween. What's next? Okay, okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get to these last few songs, uh, let me tell you about them, um, and we can just kind of sign off. Uh, in, 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 in keeping a little bit with the uh, brothers in a band thing, like from the Frogs, and I kind of always just think of Dean and Dean Ween as brothers, although they're not. But um, uh, the first track I'm going to play you here is, is Half Japanese, um, which is uh, a couple of brothers, um, uh, Jad and, and, and David Fair. Um, Half Japanese started in like the mid 70s and uh, I think actually their, their first record was a triple album which is kind of crazy pants um, and uh, uh, Jad Fair has, has, has kept the band going since then um, in various variations and with uh, a multitude of, of guest musicians and uh, you know a huge discography um, <clears throat> And then the track after that is, is actually uh, Jad Fair with, with Daniel Johnston, 
Uh, Daniel Johnston, um, if you don't know, is uh, uh, something of a... Uh, he's a part of the outsider uh, lo-fi kind of movements um, and, and, and uh, has been referenced a lot through popular culture from like Kurt Cobain and, and uh, countless others and um, there's a great documentary called The Devil and Daniel Johnston. Uh, speaking of too, there's a good documentary on, on uh, half Japanese as well. Um, <clears throat> but but Daniel Johnston was uh, uh, diagnosed with schizophrenia and, and, and uh, is bipolar as well. And um, but he makes this this really kind of bizarre, sparse, odd uh, music that um, I find enjoyable. And I think a lot of other people do as well. But um, yeah, he's a really interesting char character. Um, I think he's from. Is he? Is he in Austin? No, maybe not. Uh, well, speaking of Austin. <clears throat> oh wait, hang on. So, so the Jad Fair and Daniel Johnson song is "I Met Rocky Erickson," and I'll follow that with a Rocky Erickson song. Who Rocky was uh, uh, started the, one of the founding members of the 13th Floor Elevators. Uh, which was a pioneer of the, the psych rock uh, uh, movement. Um, Rocky's a really interesting character. He um, um, is, I think he's, so he is diagnosed as well with, with, with schizophrenia, paranoid schizophrenia. Um, I had originally heard that, so he's got a lot of crazy lyrics and kind of talks a little crazy when you hear him talk and <clears throat> I was under the impression that that was the result of being arrested and incarcerated and subjected to electroshock therapy but it turns out that it, 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 uh, I always I had the stories uh, mixed up he after being diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia um, was in treatment and uh, 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 received electroconvulsive therapy there uh, involuntarily. Um, however, the the other story is true as well. He was um, arrested for a single uh, joint, and um, instead of uh, uh, going to jail for for however many years, he pled not guilty by reason of insanity, and um, in, instead went to the uh, Austin State Mental Hospital. And after uh, several escapes, he, he ended up actually um, in, in the Rusk State Hospital in Rusk, Rusk, Rusk Texas, um, where he received more uh, electroshock therapy. Um, and so, you know, maybe I guess it's a combination of the things, but coming out of all of that, uh, he's pretty messed up, but he still writes... Uh, interesting songs that uh, speak to me and, and, and um, uh, I really enjoy the, the work that he's done over the years. 13 Floor Elevators and, and the, uh, the Alien stuff. And, uh, there's a really good film um, where he is performing in a cave, if I remember correctly, like on an acoustic guitar. It's amazing. And uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, Rocky Erickson. And then we're going to close out the set with a, uh, with a Daniel Johnston song. So thank you for listening. This is Takedown Notice. Mm, see ya.
he was playing guitar with his records all alone We were going to make a film Called The Damn Thing But it never came about But I always went to his house His mom would make chicken And we would watch horror movies The last time that I saw him Teresa Coffee went and saw Rocky play. He sang Bloody Hammer and Two Headed Dog. The band was true believers, but the promoters turned the power off. He said, I've been drinking lots of blood. The crowd went wild. I met Rocky Erickson. I met Rocky Erickson. I met Rocky Erickson. I met Rocky Erickson. Rocky. Thank you.
Yeah. 